0: comment, and share. I'm back, and I have a very special guest with us. Uh, he's the one and only Andre Martinov. Now, folks, if you've been following Rogue News, you've been following all the broadcasts we've been doing for the last several, several months, you've heard me mention this man. You heard me mention his book, Losing Military Supremacy. I've beaten the heads out of many of you guys, telling you guys, get this on Audible, get the physical copy, get his two other latest books also, because it is a really good masterclass on the geopolitical, on the geostrategic of what is happening. Andre Martin is a former Soviet officer. Uh, he is currently a United States citizen living in the United States. He has worked in aerospace, uh, and he has an incredible grasp because he, ha- he he has that scientific, that engineering background, plus the military background. He's he has a strong grasp of what is happening militarily, what is happening economically, what is happening geostrategically within. Eastern Europe, specifically Russia, and especially now with the conflict with, uh, with Ukraine and everything else. So without further ado, Andre, it is a pleasure to have you on. Love that you are here. Um, thank you for being on. Well, thank you
1: for having me. And I'm really humbled with your introduction. But thank you. It's my pleasure
0: to be here. And, folks, by the way, the links are in the description box for all three of those books and his blog, Smoothie. Uh, uh, what's the blog again? Smoothie X? Smoothie X12, uh, yeah, it's an old uh, attempt,
1: like 15-year-old attempt for me trying to get on some website to comment, sure. and uh, it's ended up that I failed pretty much every single attempt to log in or create the new uh, um, login because the all yeah. names were taken. So uh, I said, okay, what's, how about Smoothie? Was taken. <laughs> how about Smoothie X? Well, it was taken too. Well, then Smoothie X12, wow. Yeah.
0: There all, you know. <laughs> Excellent. The links to Andre's blog, all the books are right there in the in the description box. Make sure you go to Amazon. Get the books. Get the books. Get Losing Military Supremacy. Start there. Download it on Audible. If you're the type of person that likes to listen to an audiobook while you work, while you drive, while you commute. I tell you right now, the narration is incredible. He has an Emmy Award-winning narrator that did it, that did the narration of the book. Fantastic. So Without further ado, Andre, there's a lot going on. And we are witnessing not only the end of, 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 the, of the unipolar world. And in 2014, I, I wrote an article when this whole entire Maidan coup happened. And we had the mad cookie woman, Victoria Nuland, out there passing cookies in the Maidan Square. <laughs> you know, one yeah. of the things I wrote about is Ukraine is where the dollar goes to die. And this is remarkable to see where we are. So, Andre, there's a lot to unpack here. I think it was uh, Lenin who said there are decades where nothing happens, and then there are weeks where decades happen, and we are living in that time. You were presigned, actually, while uh, saying this in 2014,
1: and this was one of the main reasons I started my blog. Before that, I was just, you know, I wrote an article for here and there, some comments, and then this happens, and when uh, I understood uh, in 2014 that, and especially after the uh, several cauldrons, uh, armed forces of Ukraine have been uh, enveloped in the Air Donbass republics. This is when uh, I decided, okay, time to go online and explain. And already then I wrote, yeah, that's the end of the United States, as we know. Basically, you know, I concur with your conclusions. And it was clear that at this stage, Russians turned on this um, famous cultural thing, which is called Russians do not surrender. Because for the first time, United States was directly, not implicated, but directly involved in killing ethnic Russians. Right. And these uh, this are wrong people to do that, you know, as uh, you know, the best fighting force ever in history, namely German Wehrmacht and SS, learned the hard way. Yeah. But that's what will happen. And I already wrote then that, yeah, basically this is the end of the world as we know it. It's going to change dramatically in the coming years. And here we are today. It's basically, it's multipolar uh, paradigm. United States is being pushed outside of the uh, Eurasian uh, landmass. And economically, United States is nothing what it claimed to be even 10 years ago. So, yeah, there we are.
0: Absolutely correct. I mean, we are nowhere near where we were 10 years ago. I think um, one thing I loved about you, Andre, is that you unraveled this marketing machine this pr machine that's been running in the in the consciousness and in the minds of americans for the last several several decades and that pr machine is that america's the largest economy in the world where the best there is everything that we do america's the most powerful military in the world america's this america's that and i think pepe escobar you know one of the guys we're trying to get on pepe says better he called america exceptional stand and i think that is an app that is a perfect name for for the us is exceptional stand and people you know they they had this pretext. Hey, you know what? We're invincible. Nobody's gonna harm us. So that 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 allowed the Americans to turn a blind eye for the uh, for these for for the American politicians and the globalist deep state to go ahead and start creating color revolutions around the world. Start invading third world countries. Start bombing other countries. Start creating war because they felt there's no repercussions. But now they poked the bear. Well. Um-
1: As I say, and uh, you already introduced me and you know, you read my books and you know what I do. (laughs) And I deal with the geopolitics, obviously, in a larger sense, despite the fact that I do not consider geopolitics as it was conceived by Halford McKinder, you know, and this just geographic pivot of the history and all that. It's pseudoscience, it's not real science. But yeah. what we understand today under the modern geopolitics, and that the term we use today, it's the combined field of study which covers so much broader, including the physical economy and, uh, in including the uh, military power and geopolitical balance, power balance. And, of course, there was a lot of PR and there was a lot of uh, kind of smoke and mirrors about the actual strengths of the United States. And I remember Obama stating that, oh, it's the finest fighting force in the world mean um, in, in history. Well, uh, the finest fighting f- uh, force in history... Mm-hmm. where we Roman legions on their, uh, p- you know, at their top performance? It was Wehrmacht between 1941 and 1943, and after that, that was Red Army. You know, right. that's were the finest fighting forces in in history. And the claim which was made was absolutely startling. When if you look at the military record of the United States in the post World War period, <laughs> apart from the draw, so to speak, in uh, uh, in Korean War. United States essentially lost every single military campaign it ever fought. Oh, and right. of course, the latest one being there, I mean, it, it's actually psychologically is much worse than even famous Hanoi photos, you know, because at that time, United States was already gone pretty much from the Vietnam. And it was dramatic and it was kind of sad on many respects, you know, but this was a United States army, you know, leaving uh, uh, basically south, southern Vietnam because it, it already left them by two years, you know. But after Afghanistan, I mean, how else you can really, I mean, create this alternative reality, not to mention the fact that there is a real technological revolution, which uh, United States uh, armed forces, which are still powerful forces, make no mistake. I by no means try to diminish them or, you know, United States is a nuclear superpower and we have to be extremely clear about that. But when you look at the technological, military technological gap between (laughs) Russia and the United States today; it is growing. Yes. And Vladimir Putin says that, "Oh, yeah, we uh, for the first time we are leading." Actually, it's uh, he, he's absolutely correct, you know. And I wrote the, my second book; is precisely about it, you know, mm-hmm. the real revolution in military affairs, and the gap is widening; it's not narrowing, and it will widen even more.
0: I agree with that. I mean, the United States—this <clears throat> this, this is the stupidity of the neoliberals the neocons and the the globalist idiots that are in Washington, that are in Wall Street, that are in the city of London Corporation, they think that you can go ahead and outsource every bit of your manufacturing and that somehow it's going to be okay. And what people forget is that once you outsource your manufacturing, your physical economy, once that's gone, not only do you lose the ability to make the product that you used to make, but you lose the knowledge and the know-how. And when you look at what's happening with American kids going into colleges, not a lot of them are, per, are, 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 are even performing. I mean, I, it was several decades ago. It was like a, a decade ago, actually, I saw this, uh, this wonderful documentary film put together by an American venture capitalist. It was called 12 Million Minutes. And 12 Million Minutes was basically the amount of time the American freshman gets into high school to the time that he graduates. It's 12 Million Minutes. And he took three of the best students from the United States, three of the best from India, three of the best from China the American kids to say that they could not compete would be an understatement. They were the Indian kids and the, and the Chinese kids were in a level that was so far ahead of their American counterparts. It's not even funny. So we have no physical economy. We have no manufacturing. We have no high tech space, right? And the students and the engineers that we so-called are graduating don't have the proficiency that they used to have years ago. There's going to be a massive gap. and It's only going to get widened. I agree with you hundred percent. Um, if you look at two thousand and
1: eighteen uh, interagency report to President Trump, he commissioned it, which yeah. at that time was like, huh? Somebody finally took a note. It wasn't the securing the uh, manufacturing base of the uh, American defense or it was strength- strengthening <laughs> and securing you already you begin to read there it's, it's just terrifying. Yeah. Many people don't understand that, for example, the United States already then at two thousand eighteen was behind even Italy and South Korea. Forget China or even <laughs> India in terms of producing of the machine instrument. Yep. You know, and in terms of uh, retaining of the new generation in the STEM field, uh, 75% of them, uh, they are not retainable. They are not capable. And now we just have this recent, uh, literally a uh, couple of weeks ago uh, And NDIA, National Defense uh, Industries Association Report, 2022, just February. Yeah. It is absolutely catastrophic in terms of the cadres. It is catastrophic in terms of retaining the personnel. And with it, you're absolutely right. Know-how goes then what is known as tribal knowledge, the industry experience which is maintained through generation to generation, it's gone pretty much. And I've been on record for many years now. Today, United States cannot even design and build a new generation tank. Correct. It's just, the school is not there anymore. It's not there. It's not there. It's It's gone. I mean, it's like, uh, wow. And, you know, I remember when we moved to the United States, uh, you know, close to mid nineties, it was totally different country. Definitely. It was very obviously confident and, There was a lot of true uh, industrial and manufacturing expertise to go around. It's not the case anymore. It's just there. And part of it, we have to look at the American schools, which are primarily for indoctrination and STEM, especially such subject which doesn't exist really as a separate one in the most places, as physics is literally not taught. They taught it under the generic uh, title of science, and it's just basically random scientific facts.
0: No, that's Do, all it is. Right. Systemic knowledge. So there you go. And and we see this, Andre, in the realm of hypersonics, which are a game changer in the battlefield. Yeah. When Russia's fielding the, the Zircon, the, the Kinzel, the, uh, the the avant-garde, all these advanced, advanced uh, weaponry. And the U.S. just, you know, they have... Uh, it was funny. This was uh, about two or three months ago where the U.S. Uh, Department of Defense put out a, a press release saying that they're going to put American hypersonic missiles called the Dark Eagle. Yeah. And the Dark Eagle doesn't exist. There's no physical Dark Eagle. It was a... It was existed on paper. It was vaporware.
1: <laughs> well, it's... um they kind of activated the, this regiment in germany obviously yeah. it was done for political reason and like oh they train well dark eagle will be most likely it's some kind of the enlarged sm3 booster you know with yeah. some kind of glider stuck on it and nobody really knows what is exactly uh going to be the speed of it and make no mistake united states will eventually uh play some kind of hypersonics uh, of this nature in Europe, and that is inevitable. The United States still retains degree of expertise, engineering expertise, you know, and it used to be, uh, United States used to be the, uh, you know, aerospace uh, powerhouse, power, you yeah. know, So, and uh, it will. But what many people do not understand, uh, and this is what I'm trying to make a point all the time, you know, they cannot still distinguish between what is actual hypersonic cruise missiles which conduct the hypersonic flight in the lower atmosphere with the speeds uh, uh, under the power of the scramjet engine and mm-hmm. are fully controllable. And those gliders, which are not powered, they are called gliders for a reason. Sure. United States is somewhere near, yeah, I don't know, next couple of years probably, getting some kind of results with the glider on the mm-hmm. operational You know, uh, levels such as this Dark Eagle thing, whatever that is going to be. But in terms of um, cruise missiles, especially anti shipping cruise missiles, United States is not even in the same universe. And I have to uh, introduce here a very interesting historical fact and that was uh, regarding the what is called the, one of the fundamental principles of warfare and military strategies and doctrine it's adapting to their uh, uh uh current situation and technologically especially technologically and strategically and uh, legendary uh, chief of naval operation elmo zumwalt admiral mm-hmm. elmo zumwalt who was the chief uh, of operation 1970 1974
0: yeah a uh, remarkable man, absolutely amazing, one of the best, finest officers ever,
1: absolutely A and, genius, uh, absolutely genius. Uh, intellectual man, and uh, who studied, for example, Soviets and who studied Sergei Garshkov, you know, in depth. While well, he was still before his CNO tenure, and he was in uh, charge of the department in the Navy, which was developing new uh, uh, weaponry he wrote about the, uh, you know, development of the anti-shipping cruise missiles and which would become later famous now or oh, pretty much obsolete but venerable harpoon, anti-shipping yeah. missile. And he wrote it through the internal system, informational system to, to then CNO and uh, recover got also that. And of course, the famous uh, trade union of the aircraft carriers guys, you know, got it. <laughs> and what he got in, uh, in return was the message from CNO that, sure, continue with this missile, but make sure its range no longer, no larger than the 50 miles. Right. Because obviously aircraft area uh, trade union, so to speak, or that called, as he calls it, didn't want any kind of missiles because it was undermining its main uh, you know, mission. And of course the old perks which come with the mission being the core mm-hmm. and the main striking force. Well, guess what? United States still uses today harpoon yeah. as its main anti uh, shipping missile. It's obsolete. It's relatively short range, two hundred forty kilometers, and it is Mach It eight. It is subsonic and an easy target for the modern, modern. I underscore it: real modern air defense systems. While well, Russia, already from seventies, was uh, fielding their like absolutely staggering uh, variety yeah. of the supersonic and high supersonic uh, missile anti-shipping missiles with with the the artificial intellect and now today you have what you have zircon with the official range of zircon has been revealed uh three days ago i believe or four i don't know about it uh it's um
0: 1500 kilometers yeah
1: reach of any kind of uh, uh, carrier battle group and uh it's not interceptable And, of course, there is Kinjal, and there is other things. And Russia still fulfills a lot of uh, supersonic weapons, such as uh, 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 Onyx. You know, these are weapons which, yeah, you have issues with intercepting them, really. So that's what it is. And, yeah, and missiles are not just that, there obviously comes issue of the targeting, of the strategic uh, and operational recon, which is, and many people forget, uh, Russians were first into space. Evidently, people kind of, like, lose this perspective, and Russia has its own very respectable satellite constellation there, which does all the job needed for the targeting and uh, basically control and recon.
0: Absolutely. Andre, moving... To Ukraine. Now, you've yeah. been talking about Ukraine before the Russian invasion. You've, you've cited it. You've been talking about it. You've been writing about it. You've been saying this is going to be a hot point. At some point, there's going to be some sort of action taken. And, and here we are. Where do you want to begin unpacking this craziness that is Ukraine? Uh, there are some of the audience members that understand what the Maidan coup was. But if you could take us from the Maidan coup to who Zelensky was, a, a person. Who said he's going to run? Because based on peace, a person who ran his campaign speaking Russian. Yeah. <laughs> what happened there? And let's let's go through this whole entire thing, and then we could, uh, after you you unpack Ukraine, we can discuss further where things go from here with all the craziness. Go ahead, Andre. Um, Zelensky is a clown, and I mean literally. literally? Uh, Media. Yes.
1: A man who has absolutely zero qualifications to run a 7-Eleven store or paid you know, public restaurant in some third world country, let alone uh, trying to handle the U- Ukraine, which is essentially ungovernable. Right. But the history of the question is very simple. Uh, and uh, it has to be understood. In 2014, when the United States and uh, its European allies, especially Germany persevered, they were unleashing this color revolution, so quote unquote, with the, Victoria Nuland uh, feeding those uh, you know, cookies to Maidan people in Ukraine. Okay. The idea was that Russia will, under the stress and threat of sanctions, will not do anything about it. Russia did exactly opposite. She took the Crimea back home where it belonged historically, including, of course, the main naval base in Sevastopol. And then at some point of time, we have to understand Donbass was kind of an accident. Russians didn't want really Donbass, but obviously uh, when the population kind of rose up, took up the arms. So there you go. You have also this Donbass issue and um, Donbass became kind of the Russian responsibility in many respects. Mm -hmm. especially because of the significant pro-Russian sentiment there in 2014. But idea for the United States and for the neocons and for all people who were creating this mayhem was that Russians will think that, you know, you can bait them into Ukraine. Yeah. It was very, very disappointing for them when Russia didn't appear on the war. Russians simply didn't go there, you know. Right, right. And since then, for eight years, United States, in a different manner, different ways, were trying to drop Ukraine on Russia, both as the resource drainer and hoping that ah, they're sort of like Russian people, and Russians have to take care of this, you know, basically black hole in the middle of Europe. While in the same time trying to obtain, so to speak, the casus belly to literally, you know, uh, beat into utter submission, the European vassals or, you know, NATO vassals in Europe.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, for eight years, Russia was doing the Muhammad Ali type thing, you know, uh, just the trying to, right, getting, yeah. getting involved into Ukraine, you know, just, you know, uh, and then let's Obviously, now we know this for a fact because documents have been released by the Russian Defense Ministry that uh, Ukraine was ready to attack on March. And yes. what is known is, you know, and he said, you know, if you know that the fight is inevitable, strike first. So Russia, yet again, as it was with the Crimea, forestalled uh-huh. the invasion and forestalled this uh, uh, tremendous increase in the shelling of the uh, civilians in Donbass. But instead of defending just or Donbass republics, as again Washington and all kinds of State Department and all those quote-unquote strategists were hoping for, Russia went for the jugular and decided, okay, we're going to demilitarize the whole damn country. you know, And mm-hmm. that's what is happening right now. And it will be eventually, well, the Seoul armed forces of Ukraine are pretty much destroyed right now. They do not exist as a force. It's basically several cauldrons. Which will be, re- which are being reduced as I talk. Uh, we are talking here, and it will be denazified. And after that, uh, who knows what's going to be happening in this respect? But um, as you can see yourself, um, all those sanctions and everything. Well, Russia was ready. It it, it she had eight years to prepare,
0: yes. and she did. I have the uh, the documents pulled up uh, from the Russian Ministry. Uh, let me see if I could uh, share that screen real quick. Uh, share screen window. Let me see if I could. If not. Uh, there
1: we go. Yeah, there are um a uh, number of documents. I'm I'm not yeah. thinking- Actually, there's a pile of documents released, including the documents related to the uh, biological warfare labs, which made Victoria Nuland actually very nervous. <laughs> I and,
0: thought it was a conspiracy, Andre.
1: <laughs> yeah, everybody said, no, it's not anymore. Even Glenn Greenwald today, he wrote, I mean, come on, she couldn't even deny that it was. That's why she expressed, you know, her worries about Russians getting hands on uh, uh, those. Uh, uh, you know, uh, by labs.
0: Yeah.
1: But this already has documents and it has the uh, test testimonies from people who worked there.
0: Yeah. And
1: we have, of course, the issues of all kinds of plagues, anthrax. You know, and collection of the DNA from Slavic, primarily Russian people. You know. So right. yeah, sure. It's going to be very interesting process after that, and uh, so. And that's what uh, basically Putin and his... Well, when we say Putin, Putin is not a king, okay? He has a team of people, you know? He's collective Putin. And that's what Putin decided to do. And guess what? There are some many, many interesting things which are
0: coming to light right now, and more is coming. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, I first heard about these labs going back to 2018. I I was just thinking there was like maybe 12 or 15 of them. I had no idea there was 30. And now... Yeah, now um, now you have embassies from all over the world and other countries that are like, okay, wait a minute. Uh, we want to know what these labs were because we have embassies in Ukraine, uh, some of which are not too far away from these bioweapons uh, facilities. Yeah. And so now the Americans are caught with their pants down. And the only thing that idiot cookie woman, this lawyer, and that's the problem with 99.9% of American politics. Yeah. they're all lawyers. So this idiot cookie woman, the cookie monster from the Maidan, Right. She's yep. out there saying, oh, we just hope that, uh, that, that Russia doesn't use them. <laughs> these people are crazy. Well, yeah. It's, uh, first,
1: it's uh, uh, default admission that, that these are weapons. That's yeah. what Glenn, Glenn Grunwald also agrees. You know, he wrote a piece on that. But, I mean, Russians already are leaving. So are Chinese now. Well, of course. Yeah, and you have this not uh, third world countries, big players, you know, just being now on record with all that. And believe me, uh, once the uh, war crimes tribunal is set up, I believe it could be set up not in Moscow. Russia doesn't have death penalty. Yeah. And I think so it will be set up in Donetsk most likely.
0: Mm.
1: And LDNR, I think so they have, uh, you know, Donbass Republics. they have death penalty we will witness an incredible show because we already know that many, uh, uh, for example, Nazis uh, and uh, you know, uh, other operatives of this nature have been taken uh, prisoners. Right. And uh, there is an incredible amount of documents and uh, uh, eyewitnesses and evidence being collected and uh, 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 recorded on the war crimes and things right. of this nature. So it's, it's going to be something else.
0: It's going to be, I I think, and this is the reason why, Andre, that they move so swiftly to eliminate RT from being broadcast in the West. They move very quickly to get rid of Sputnik news. Anything that ends in a .ru URL was quickly silenced. And now they're sweating about what are going to do about Telegram because now the Ministry of Defense is on Telegram. This is why they don't want, it's like George Orwell's book, right? Oceania was always at war with East Asia. And the people of Oceania had no idea what was going on in East Asia to begin with. And this was happening. This is a new Iron Curtain. It is a digital Iron Curtain that is befalling on everybody in the West. It's unbelievable. So when this happens, the average American won't even hear about it. I I, I fear that. I fear the average American won't even hear about this.
1: Yeah, we have to understand uh, what uh, transpired since Russia started this operation Is mind boggling. You literally have the United States and West cutting off every single line, you know, including the communication and including news, obviously, from Russia. The problem, of course, is, and they miscalculated yet again, which you are correct. And, you know, when you have the lawyers and political scientists running their country, uh, they definitely are not people who really are capable of the real statesmanship. You know, right. United States produces a lot of politician, politicians. Right. It doesn't produce statesmen anymore. You know, no. the last statesman I saw American statements of any significance, I would say James Baker, you know, as a sure. secretary of the state. People of this scale. There are no people of this scale anymore. They are all, you are right, lawyers. They are all legalists who do not understand warfare. They don't understand physical economy. They understand somewhat about stock trade, but that's pretty much the degree of their, I mean, the limit of their expertise. And then you have those people from State Department and Russians openly, well, not only Russians, look at the book by James Brunner written in 2014, the Foreign Policy Circus. Yeah. He just and he's himself foreign uh, foreign policy his ambassador. Uh, he basically laughs at the, the fact that there are people who are utterly incompetent Hillary Clinton how the heck she became a secretary of the State. What's your uh, even uh, qualifications? what's your uh, uh, you know uh, professional uh, you know uh, property so to speak to even run this right. but that's what we have you know and as a result you see the systemic uh, basically implosion of which I'm writing in my third book, and uh, it's yeah, it's downright scary. Listen, I we went to United States again, you know, to get away from uh, uh, in in early nineties, you know, to from the basically what amounted to the warm civil war, even Putin, sure. you know, in Russia. And of course, we have been from the uh, Soviet fringes where Russians were basically ethnically cleansed for all intents purposes. And but. You know, to expect now seeing this Soviet Union looks like a democracy now, you know, compared oh to all that. It's just like it's it's absolutely bizarre, it's yes, downright yes. bizarre to see all that, and um they will try to silence it. The problem, of course, they will not be able to because uh unlike in Europe, United States still has constitution. It still has Bill of Rights. And you know what? It's not easy to completely negate it. It's still kind of a foundational thing. Right. And that's what differs uh Americans from, let's say, Western Europeans. There is this streak, you know, libertarian streak and, you know, freedom-loving streak in many Americans. And that's what keeps this country for now from, uh, how to say it, uh, um, Not losing its way completely. There will be some kind of, I think, evolution towards something else. Europeans, I'm not so sure. It's just downright scary there.
0: Speaking of Europeans, the entire move, the European Union, the the kleptocrats that are in Brussels have decided to throw their lots in with the United States, and they are in a world of hurt, Andre. They're in a world of hurt. Energy... Commodity prices, Europe is entering into a dark age. It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely true. And when yesterday I wrote about it, when even Annalena Baerbock, the uh, foreign minister of Germany, who is yeah. a fanatical uh, green, fanatical environmentalist, oh, uh, another
0: has, expert, another expert.
1: Yeah, she, <laughs> I believe her curriculum retire, she is known for your CV being uh, corrected, quote, unquote, oh, so many God. times that we don't even know who she is, or Mr. Or, Olaf Scholz, another lawyer, yeah. you know, so uh, when she begins to say that we, Germany is going to basically ground to a halt without Russian energy, well, guys, you wanted it, and yes, uh, Germany was the uh, target of the United States from the get-go. You destroy Germany, Germany's manufacturing, and it's heavily export-dependent economy, which is highly energy inefficient because their energy costs in Germany are one of the highest in the world. Actually, it's the highest in the world. It's ridiculous. It's three times higher than in the United States and four times higher than in Russia. And um, when you kill uh, German manufacturing, hey, you suddenly can have a Europe for the lunch and you open the market for America's whatever America still produces. How about cars? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. and um, that's what happens. And uh, they were warned for years. And any anybody who has any you know half a brain and IQ above room temperature, they saw it that United States will eat Europe for lunch. Mm. It's going to be the continuation of the agony. You die today for me to live today and die tomorrow. You know that's what's going is going is happening right now. Now this b- bunch of the guys who smacked all those, you know, sanctions. Of course, as usual, they didn't calculate uh, consequences and blowback.
0: <laughs> they never do. They always they forecast never, in a vacuum.
1: Yeah, they never do. And now what you see, I mean, hey, uh, Mister Noah, the Minister of uh, Energy in Russia, two days ago was pretty nonchalant. He said, oh, you want uh, $300 a barrel uh, oil? No, well, you will have it, that's fine. And okay. now Russia says we can shut down not just North Stream 2, which is buried, we can shut down North Stream 1, guys, if you want to, right? No problem, you know. And that's uh what is really shocking for them. And I understand there will be a huge issue with not only that but with fertilizers, and that's Russia a big says, issue or oh, gigantic,
0: gigantic. Mm-hmm. And there, uh, I heard there are like 20 or 25 percent capacity in terms of fertilizer for the next growing season. And the urea, uh, fertilizer, urea based fertilizers have gone from $250 per ton to close to $900 per ton. Yeah, it's an exponential jump, it's incredible.
1: Yeah, and uh, don't forget that, uh, Russia and Belarus, which is integrating really heavily in, into the yeah. Russian economy right now, right? Uh, they are responsible for 40 percent of the fertilizers in the world.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you have uh, the United States. Look how funny this is, right? Yeah. So the the, the the U.S. idiots, the morons that run this country, told the Europeans, listen, ditch the Russian gas, buy LNG from us. Okay, fine. We're going to buy LNG from you. Where are you going to ship it from? I oh, will ship it by boat. It, it's going to be twice as expensive, but don't worry. We, we, we'll take care of you. Now, when the chips are on the table, you have these idiots in the U.S. calling up Nicolas Maduro, whom... They've never acknowledged as president for the last several years because it's Juan Cuaito. Juan Cuaito. They didn't call Juan. I guess Juan didn't get the memo. They're calling Venezuela, begging them for energy. They're calling Iran. They're calling Saudi Arabia. They're calling Qatar. Nobody's picking up these idiots' this call. This is incredible. Um, again, listen,
1: uh, Michael Hudson, uh, a yeah. couple of days is on the record, like, I knew we were going to implode, like, but to do it so fast. (laughs) And uh, now Madura, Madura can demand, and he probably will just remove all goddamn sanctions, get our, you know, assets back to us. Yeah, then, uh, you know, Venezuela will probably provide you with some, you know, heavy, uh, you know, uh, crude, which is fine. Right. The problem, of course, United States is not competitor in any way on the market in terms of uh, natural gas, even right. LNG. And guess what? A huge part of this LNG, which will be delivered, quote unquote, to Europe, will be not American LNG. It will be <laughs> Russian LNG bought on the spot, you know, and delivered as the freedom molecules. I mean, it's uh, again, if it would have been sad. It would have been hilarious, you know. I don't even know how to put uh, intro video music in my videos on YouTube anymore as going back to this Yakety Yak saxophone from Benny Hill's show. <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, I don't even know how to even view this anymore. Yeah. Uh, if not, the people dying in Ukraine, that would have been hilarious, you know. Yeah. Their, uh, their incompetence is of the scale. It's and
0: unbelievable.
1: Yeah, and when they call uh, Saudis and United Arab Emirates, and you're right, they don't even don't want even talk to Biden for crying it's out a, loud, it's man! I mean, it's just how bad it is. I mean, and uh, yeah, so and you have all those uh, Russian experts in the United States, which is another hilarious story. The guys, oh, are they're the best. Lawyers. Another lawyers, another group of lawyers, oh, oh, journals or, or people who have the scores to settle with Russia. Yeah. And they continue to produce this, I mean, overwhelming avalanche of BS. And yeah. they just say what uh, those, you know, powers that you want to hear. And as you, you might expect, when you, uh, your whole life was built around Solzhenitsyn, you know, fiction, or you have the, uh, those people like uh, Julia Yoffe or Masha Gesson telling you what is happening in Russia, you are bound to be uh, situationally unaware. You're bound to not know what is going on. But this is what they do. They uh, get this creep. I mean, former uh, Foreign Minister Andrei Kozarev, the guy who is, uh, you know, in Russia, is not only just hated. He mm-hmm. is considered a treason, you know, and uh, treasonous, uh, you know, jerk. Sure, and guess sure. what? He consults United States. sure. Why don't you guys find some SS officers who are still alive there? Let them consult you on Russia. You know, you will get all good information you need. You will have all this picture, alternative reality. Yeah. And when you live in alternative reality, you cannot react properly to anything. No. You cannot have the picture. You can You don't have this. Um, as I uh, constantly use uh, Co- Colonel Boyd, you know. Uh, uh Cycle O O D A. You know, orient, observe, decide, act. When you don't have those two O O's properly, mm-hmm. you know, you decide wrong and you act, you act, you fail. And right. it's just that's what's happening. It's just one, you know, exponential failure basically. And, exactly.
0: Uh, you know, so, that, I mean, that's what you get, Andre. I mean, that's that's what we get when you have a PR-driven government, and the only thing that matters is information and facts, quote unquote that propagate the pr because to these idiots the narrative is more important than reality oh absolutely absolutely
1: if you look at the most uh u.s mainstream journalists so to speak for goodness sake i mean those people who don't have any practical life skills they graduated some uh public communications or journalism schools and they literally, I mean, they don't know what hits them. You know, they just repeat the same BS over and over again. And yeah. uh, basically it becomes this enclosed loop where they're, you know, this echo chamber, they reinforce each other. They're in a completely vicious circle because they cannot break it. They don't have intellect and don't have the skills to do that. So, and they been humiliated. Time after time after time. And the only thing they can do is to move the goalposts that, you know, oh, suddenly this crap, oh, it's not crap. It's fine. It's, you know, smells good, you know, but okay, where, where what else we're we going with this? Oh, yeah, it's uh, just what used to be even uh, five years ago, a complete taboo, a complete uh, lack of integrity is now considered to be a professional. Uh, you Absolutely. know, uh, it's like, sure, what else? You know, have you ever encountered the, uh, basically uh, pr- such profession as uh, uh, mechan- auto-mechanic gynecologist? No. You know, will you go to, uh, you know, the political science or history major to allow them to cut you open to do their bypass surgery? No. But this is exactly what is happening. We have people who have zero qualifications in anything and have zero record to support it, except for the providing whiteboard uh, theorists, right. trying to uh, explain things which require a completely different set of skills. And actually, those are really hard to come by. Correct. But You need to really work hard. You need to learn hard. You need to have life experiences, you know, to kind of support and coalesce into some uh, serious life position, which allows you
0: to pass more or less competent judgment. They don't have anything. No, they don't. This is why to this very day, the idiots who have, uh, who've decided to re-engineer America's own GDP numbers, which are all fictitious, we you're looking at yeah. the world that, that counts GDP or, uh, GDP expenditure as GDP growth, that's like me emptying my bank account and saying, Hey honey, we got richer. I spent all my money on, on frivolous bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> this is exactly what it is. And again, well, people, that's what, when people don't understand,
1: um, uh, uh I was I did it like uh three years ago. I wrote a piece on about GDP and uh I showed for comparison. Here is a hundred thousand dollar house in Spokane, Washington, which used to be uh, fairly affordable. Yep. Already then it was a flea bag from 1920s. I mean, dirty, it it is just like horrible thing. I cannot even imagine how it smells, you know? Right, right. So I said, okay, and here's 100,000, What 100,000, and in terms of rubles, you know, buys you in near Moscow. People look at it and say, oh, my God. I say, yes, because basically there even inflation in the United States is hidden in the inflation of the assets, you know? Right. And right. they don't understand that, for example, people in Russia do not really care much uh, about, you know, how much dollar is except for the fringe uh, minority, you know, which uh have their real estate in the in the west and who do like involved into the business with the west but most of russians they want rubles you know they don't care about (laughs) dollars you know i know it by my mother you know she changed all her dollars to rubles and put them into the you know savings account for a good percentage you know and uh that is why they they cannot grasp it because the only framework they know is the free trade orthodoxy you know it's all this uh, United States, U.S. dollar being the reserve currency and being the thing, you know. But it's not. It, it no. hasn't been like this already for a long time now. But now it's, yeah, we're observing the collapse of the U.S. dollar system.
0: You know, uh, when this whole thing ends, I think people are going to be studying this as a period of time where PR, public relations, literally not only taken over the Western world, but ran policy for the Western world. It's remarkable. It's only PR idiots that would make you think that the United States is the largest economy in the world. It's not. 50% of GDP numbers is reshuffled debt. That's what it is. And this is why idiots will look at Russia and be like, how can Russia be so? Russia's a poor country. Their GDP numbers are smaller than that of New York State. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, you said it best, man. I mean, Germany cannot even create a fighter jet, okay, from nose to tip of tail, start to finish, an advanced fighter jet, but Russia can't. Germany cannot create an advanced nuclear submarine from start to finish, but Russia can. Germany cannot create a sp- international space station and have it up in the air in the next three to four years with the most advanced technology, but Russia can. Germany cannot create hypersonic missiles. Then again, neither can the United States, but Russia can. But they want you to think that Russia is the smaller economy. It is preposterous. This is the type of idiot thinking and programming that gentlemen like yourself and, my, and me, were out there trying to fight and try to unravel and make the Americans think, listen, you've been lied to for the last 50 years. Wake up. Uh, You nailed it, man. And the point is, I also created
1: a small table about the physical economy. Many people don't know. Russia produces the same amount of steel as the United States. Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. same amount of steel. Russia produces more aluminum than the United States. In terms of energy, actual million uh, uh, tons of oil equivalent, Russia produces about half that of the United States, and we begin to look at it. Russian commercial shipbuilding it dwarfs that of the United yes. States. There's comparison. Uh, people just uh, do not really understand what they're talking about. In fact, is they don't understand that Russia fully restored. And independent aerospace, commercial aerospace industry. I'm not talking about uh, military aerospace, which was always strong, even you know, in 1990s, in the times of real bad times for Russia. So, yeah. and people, uh, and when you tell the people that um, China produces 13 times more steel than United States, people have to really grasp it to to understand <laughs> what is this all about. It's not there many times it's the order of magnitude you know more and well China also produces three and a half times more automobiles than the United States right so 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 much for the largest economy in
0: the world it's a joke it's, it's a, a joke. terrible joke and it's all it's all dependent upon electronic duct tape holding the whole entire system together yeah unbelievable so capitalization, we... that's another thing yeah. capitalization hey uh
1: when you have um wind uh, or let's say uh, i remember uh facebook being more capitalized uh, than boeing mm. in something like 2015 when boeing still is producing decent aircraft and you know yeah. and it's like facebook it's like it's several buildings with the um what's the name of it so a couple of supercomputers and servers on it and a bunch of the software guys writing a code and here you have the world renowned at that time, proud and immense aerospace company producing product which everybody needs physical, tangible. And yes, Boeing was beaten by Facebook several times more in capitalization. That's the economy.
0: Okay. And a joke. I mean, Facebook had a higher market cap than ExxonMobil. Think about that for a second. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Andre, what do you think your take is with these idiots and, and, and you know, the, the the nihilists that are in the West, okay? What is your take on what these morons are trying to do? You have this whole thing that they're trying to do with Russia, with Ukraine. It's backfiring on them big time. Uh, you know, Michael Hudson had that great piece on the Saker where he talked about, yeah. my God, the de-dollarization, the, 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 the end of Bretton Woods as we know it is... Happening faster than I even thought was possible. And what do you think the West is going to do? What do you think the next moves are? Because we have those idiots, Klaus Schwab, who's a moron. A, class a moron.
1: Okay. And, and,
0: and you got people in the alternative media thinking that this guy's some sort of a god and whatnot. It's the religion, it's the spiritual it belief of these nihilistic Westerners. What do you think is going to happen from here on out? How does, how do you, what, what's Andre Martinov's take on how this thing plays out? Oh my gosh. Uh, uh, one of the things which I like to do to give that kind of forecast but
1: uh, i would say that um first we are witnessing the implosion of the west
0: yeah.
1: right now it is the race between the europe and united states uh who dies first i think so europe <laughs> will die first <laughs> that's
0: right that's a good one yeah and
1: no it will i mean first uh, let's face uh, it okay. europe has no resources right europe has no resources even uh, the, uh, Rothschild's boy, Macron, suddenly recognized that uh, Europe is in a deep, deep trouble. And he asked uh, French companies to pause yeah. with withdrawal from Russia. <laughs> but other than that, uh, Europe is, uh, we already have actually several millions Ukrainians, right. you know, uh, flooding uh, Europe. And in this particular case, United States, I think uh, the plan of the United States, at least what I think, is to literally squeeze and probably strangle most of the manufacturing, uh, high-value-added manufacturing in Europe and use its market while it still could be used. And Europe probably will be reduced to some kind of, I don't know, uh, 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 refuge or, you know, reservation, you know, for the sure. hotels, touristy things where there will be no uh, crime and, you know, garbage and everything. Got so it. visit Paris while you still can, although yeah. people already say it's not worth visiting anymore. It smells like peace and, you know. No, it does.
0: It does. It, it smells so, like peace. Yeah.
1: So just visit while you can because basically uh, European industry will be squeezed and killed. And then the United States will use it as the market, but that's the only f- so far. If it happens again, I always say, do not discount the issue of the diminishing returns. You kill industry in Europe, you kill also the middle class, which are already being killed pretty much in you know, and that obviously drops their uh, ability to afford things. You know, right. they were already kind of you know uh, having issues with keeping their houses. You know, war, which is a tragedy in Germany, for example. You look at this public announcement commercial, you know, about how to it's like,
0: yeah, the potted uh, plant and then put the 90, fire in the
1: Yeah, is it 1945? Is Germany under there? This is this is 1845,
0: we're talking about, yeah, and
1: <laughs> it's like, uh, that's what's coming. So, and this is just the start, and then, yeah, and uh, after Mr. Scholz offhand dismissed. Russia, not just claimed, but supported uh, claims of genocide, uh, uh, you know, uh, in Donbass by Vesu against civilians, Russians had it, you know, and they said, yeah, that's enough. And many people right now in Russia say, you know what? Yeah, let's shut down the damn Nord Stream 1,
0: you know, for all we care. Let
1: them kind of live, you know, the way they want it.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's amazing right now, Uh, you know, the German auto industry has woken up uh, Monday morning and they realized nickel prices are through the roof, titanium prices are through the roof, um, aluminum prices are through the roof, all of which they're dependent upon Russian industry. Well, yeah. There's no counter for this. They don't know what they're doing. Porsche just announced they suspended production of their best-selling car, the Porsche Taycan. They suspended yeah. production. BMW's next on the chopping block in terms of what they're going to be shutting off. Yeah, We're seeing a, 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 a freezing of the largest economy in Europe coming to a halt. And you would oh. think that there'd be some sort of leadership that says, hey, this needs to stop they cannot stop it for a number of
1: political reasons because and again if you look at the bundestag it's a bunch of basically morons there most of of
0: them lawyers
1: yeah and um but then it's not all uh uh, italy right now is shutting down it's pretty much every paper meal they cannot produce paper you know uh which is a strategic (laughs) resource and i read today about it in you know news and like oh my god now italy goes down you know so, but hey, they don't like Russians. They
0: consider them subhumans still. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, where do you think this racism comes from? You know it's funny because you, you know, you and I are are students of history. We know yeah. that Russians and Americans are a perfect fit for each other. Russians, Germans, and Americans. they fit very well, right? But then you see going back to when the founding fathers, the Revolutionary War, and if it wasn't for russia's help there would be no 1776 if it wasn't for russia's help the north would have the, the union would have lost the south yeah okay?
1: nobody yeah nobody loves to uh, uh, recall this despite the fact that uh, sure two russian squadrons one in san francisco and another in new york and there were many russian officers and volunteers who fought for for north you know right. because and of course everybody knows that uh uh, the uh, Emancipation Proclamation came after the actions by the 12th Ohio Regiment headed by none other than the one Basil Turchin. Uh, Southerners hate the guy because he kind of burned Athens at that time, his uh, regiment. But obviously it was the response of killing the patrols by the 12th Ohio during the Civil War. And he was a Russian officer. He graduated uh, general staff. And so, you know, and he became the basically, you know, uh, uh, the American officer for Young's. And after this situation with the Athens, his wife, who was American, by the way, and she addressed uh, President Lincoln, and when he got acquainted with the case of Ivan Basil Turchin, who became Major General of uh, Union, guess what? That was the major, fa- not many it was the main factor which drove him to publish, you know, the Emancipation Proclamation when he recognized mm-hmm. the. So yeah there's a somewhat russian uh how to say it uh, um, trace in the um american history and uh russia and soviet union and united states were really great allies you know during yeah. the world war 2 and but uh we have to understand uh after stalin uh persecuted a lot of trotskyists you know and uh, those people who, they, which are today the core of the globalists, guess right. where they went? Wonderful. They went to the Europe and to the United States. And here right. you have those people inheriting this, many of them of Jewish descent, others right. of the Anglo-Saxon descent, right. and they hate Russian gods because basically they are, uh, for some of them hate for uh pogroms, grossly uh, actually embellished, uh, exaggerated, there were some pogroms, no doubt about it, Jewish pogroms, and then of course you have the neocons, which constitute the core of the American foreign policy consensus, and they hate Russia, I mean, uh, they hate Russian gods, and that is why when James Clapper says that Russians genetically are like, you know,
0: basically yeah, uh, insanities yeah, there,
1: no, there was no even any reaction from u s media can you imagine uh saying something <laughs> like that in so but yeah the guy said, yeah Russians are basically subhumans so yes, are- genetically, yeah
0: genetically right yeah well, that's all, the, the, the that's all the remnant of the third Reich that they've imported at the end of oh, World yeah War II yeah as well yeah, there was a lot of these guys you know uh,
1: moved here to the United States and they are uh, very much kinda you know uh Framed a lot of their uh, uh, narrative, so to speak. So, and that—that that is it. This is where it all goes from. And yeah, they uh, some people they just don't like Russians. They think they are racially inferior. They are, and of course, the fact that this damn Russia always gets into, you know, uh, in a way, you know, of, of the years. It was the United States which was supposed to defeat Hitler, but them Russians did it first, you know, so and things of right. this nature. Yeah, oh, yeah, we should have been first in space, but damn, those Russians again did it, all you
0: right. know, and
1: so on, so on. And yeah, and you have this, and there is a lot of irritation. And then now, when you have the complete implosion of the, what I are, are always call the humanities education in the United States, all those Ivy League, you know, oh, morons, those, yeah. They are ignorant. They are extremely badly educated. They do not know how to work with information and how to turn it into the knowledge.
0: Correct.
1: There you go. You have that. And it. guess what? Those people are going to political power and to the media and to the, uh, you know, basically what you call intellectuals
0: in the United States. We have currently in the world many countries, and, and I see the split. It's huge. Countries that will not sanction Russia, Right. And countries that will countries that are the cowards, the vassals. We've seen this with Japan, with South Korea, and whatnot. Recently, it was said that, that the the Washington the, that the White House is considering sanctioning sure. India, which is oh yeah uh, hilarious. hilarious. Good luck with that. <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, yeah, you have
1: 1.3 billion people, yep. and uh, Russian-Indian relations go back way, way back. Right. You know, and uh essentially they were most of the time friendly, you know, not to mention right. the fact that um Indian military most of its hardware is Russian made, Soviet right. made or Russian made, and uh so but the most stunning thing is the fact that Pakistan of all places unequivocally allied itself with Russia, right? Which is like wow, who would have thought 20 years ago, you know. Right. And now there is another thing, of course, with uh, China, which already ex- explicitly stated its position, but there is even a meme now in Chinese with the Chinese girl uh, holding Russian candy mm-hmm. and with the right that uh, uh, buying Russian, you are defending China.
0: That's right. Right
1: now, you cannot buy anything Russian made on AliExpress in China. You know why? Sold out. <laughs> Sold out. It's They will not report it, but the Chinese support for Russians is overwhelming. It's like, uh, you know, uh, it's difficult to explain. It's like the stream of the posts and messages supporting. And, you know, and yeah, they say buy Russian. And guess what? They really bought it. Okay, big time. So Russians probably going to be feeling at the orders, uh, back orders for a long time. Good. AliExpress has very little Russian things there because they are all sold out.
0: That's that's amazing. I tell a lot of my clients, hey, you know, go out, get yourself some actual Russian vodka, get yourself some Russian watches. I'm a watch collector. So tell my guys, hey, go get some uh, Vostok watches, some Rakita watches. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's not only that. Russians, of course, uh, many people don't understand that Russia, uh, their hydrocarbons, oil, gas and things of this nature uh, play now uh, not that significant role in Russian budget. Most of Russian export today is non-resources. Uh, 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 A lot of this is high-value added. Again, the scandal, just to give you an uh, example, uh, about three months ago, the scandal with the uh, Bundesmarine, uh, sure. German Navy, yeah. when they recognized that, ah, all those advanced Type 212 uh, submarines they all have Russian navigational tactical circuits in yes, Stockholm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I mean, you you look even at the same Germany, truckload of German mid to small size airports. They use Russian uh, navigation and airport uh, management systems. Yeah, you know. So people sometimes don't understand what they're dealing with, but yeah, can. Uh, you still have, have people who think that uh, you know uh, Russia is gas station, but yeah, that's it's, what
0: Obama said. Uh, what was what, Russia? Russia is but a country disguise as a gas station. That's what it does. <laughs> well, Martin also said that. I mean, they just <laughs> we are repeating it. That's uh, a country yeah. uh, masquerading as a gas station. That's what Russia is.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It
0: sure is. I mean, big gas station. Yeah, I man. know. <laughs> Unbelievable, man! Unbelievable. It's remarkable to see the, the change. I'm, I'm glad that people are, are coming together. You know, Zelensky recently said that he is looking to negotiate now all of a sudden, Andre. What do you, what's your take on this? He said more than that. He said,
1: uh, first, we have to understand. And this has to be understood very clearly for people who want to understand the whole situation. Zelensky is nobody. Correct. He is nobody. He is a puppet. Right. and. When he speaks, he speaks on behalf of the United States. Right. Because Russia's war in Ukraine is not really with Ukraine per se, no. it's with the combined West and the United States. So when Zelensky speaks on his position, it is fully 150% position of the United States. And two days ago, he comes out and suddenly he does this startling, you know, makes this startling admission. Oh, I cooled down to uh, Ukraine being a NATO member. Well, what do you say? Obviously, it's not you who cooled down. These are your masters who cooled down. Russians know it. But this was one of the major key demands of Russia before Russia invaded. It was that neutral, no-block status for, for Ukraine. Well... They didn't. So now they are cooling it down. They don't want to be. They reconsider. But you know, let him continue to go out and pretend that he runs anything there because he obviously doesn't control the country. Country is being run today uh, by number of the cliques. One of them, of course, the nationalist and neo-Nazi clique, especially with its Minister of Foreign uh, Internal Affairs, Mr. Avakov. Mm-hmm. So and Zelensky is barely, you know, just figurehead. United States moves him in and out whenever, whenever they need to do a message because United States is afraid to go and negotiate with Russians directly because it will mean the loss of face, as they think, and it will uh, mean the euro, not just de facto, solidification of the loss in this, you know, and Russian victory in this whole ordeal. And that is why they try to avoid any kind of the contact on this level.
0: Absolutely, uh, Andre. The cauldron that everybody's been talking about is starting to close. Can you explain to the to the to the viewers what this strategy is? Because everybody's been throwing around the cauldron, the cauldron, the cauldron is encircling. What exactly is the cauldron, and how does this work? And how is this such a genius plan? Number one and number two, it's the complete opposite of the idiotic U.S. plan, uh, 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 you know, strategies which destroys civilian infrastructure, blows everything up. I, I, I always say this, Andre. I always say the, the American military, right? The American military campaign is, is like this. Picture you're in your home. You're watching television, you're eating a sandwich. You're sitting with your wife, your kids, your pet dog. All of a sudden, an American Humvee comes screeching into your dr- driveway, runs over all your gardens in the front of your yard. They break down the, your door. They kick your dog. They throw you and your wife on the ground, handcuff you. They eat all the food in your refrigerator. They take a dump on your, uh, on your, on your carpet floor in the living room, and then they peel away. That's American foreign policy at work. Oh, <laughs> well,
1: it's um. There is some truth to it, for sure. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, after we look at the um, number of the losses of the civilians in Iraq, which yeah. are measured in many hundreds of thousands of people, civilians. Yep. Yeah, you kind of get the idea, but that's what Russia is avoiding right now so they uh, what the green thing to the west which is now completely enclosed yes it's a cauldron it's the bulk of the ukrainian forces and nationalist uh, battalions and oh, you right, know, know right. groups
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so russians did it by the way with the force which is m- much smaller than that of the Vesu. And this green thing contains about 70% of what uh, Veso has now and the most combat-ready troops, but it's being reduced and uh, Russia does the uh, Syrian thing right now. You know, that's what people don't understand. They think, oh, yeah, they slow down. No, they don't slow down. That was the objective from the get-go to isolate cities, and start opening the humanitarian corridors, which, of course, Nazis sabotage and do not allow civilians to live there, uh, leave the cities which are surrounded. And after that, there will will be a reduction of the cauldron. It's going to be starving them. Well, it's Stalingrad, basically, you know, starving them of resources because nothing gets in now. And then opening humanitarian corridor, allow those who want to surrender, go out, closing it again, this also allows not to obliterate an enormous amount of people. There's something like 70,000 people, I think, in the largest cauldron. Uh, I mean, Vesu, I mean, the Ukrainian military and Nazis. So Nazis, of course, will be, uh, you know, taken in, either annihilated or taken in and be uh, uh, subjected to the war crimes tribunal. But regular Vesu folk folks, you know, they will be basically filtrated and then released back to families. And in fact, it's it's already happening in in some scale, but if they do not surrender eventually, so well, then too bad for them, you know, and Russia can turn this into the parking lot, you know, once it uh, also extricated enough uh, civilians that not to create a humanitarian tragedy. And, that will be it but you know uh the ukrainian armed forces do not exist as a force anymore their air force completely wiped out air defense completely wiped out most of the tank and motorized forces are wiped out so you're basically looking at the uh, fortress they were preparing that fortress ukrainians were preparing this fortress for eight years there
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and it will take some time but hey Russians can hold this cauldron as long as necessary while continuing to clean, uh, clear up the rest of the Ukraine. And uh, so that's what it is. I mean, it's all to plan. And of course, Russia is trying to avoid to the maximum civilian uh, uh, losses. And the last number, I believe it was New York Times. Yeah which was like five days ago, four days ago, which stated that uh, they estimate between 300 and 500 civilians uh, uh, killed throughout the whole campaign, which is of course, tragedy, make no mistake. It's But <clears throat> considering the scale and the scope of operation, it's a very, very low number. That's but also, the, the, yeah, it means also slow down because uh, as you can see in Mariupol today, uh, they try to, uh, uh, Azov uses uh, Azov Battalion, or it's not battalion really, it's a regiment, even brigade size formation. They use uh, civilian uh, infrastructure and civilians as human shield.
0: Right. They,
1: uh, and it requires an extraordinary effort on the part of the storm groups from Air and Russian forces to clear this up, clean this oh. up, and uh, and to preserve as many civilian lives as possible. Yeah. So, But yeah, it's, it's all to plan. Uh, there is no rush to uh, wiping out cauldron right now because they are completely closed and, you know, let them starve a little bit and let them get, get out and surrender. And hey, Russia will be happy to take the surrender, you know. There is no necessity to really do this uh, horrendous bloodshed and say, oh, we annihilated 70,000 people. Yeah, it's easy, okay? But you're also annihilating, uh, you know, uh, in this case, probably 70,000 families too, you know? Because sure. they're somebody's sons and all that, you know? Nazis, yes, they will be killed, they will be uh, obliterated. But uh, a- average vsu uh, folks, you know what? Some of them are probably dedicated nationalists, but others, just people who were unlucky to be drafted, you know, and thrown there. And uh, that's what it is. And... Uh, after that, well, we'll see. It's all to plan, as you can no. see, and uh, the reduction of the cauldrons continues. So, Mariupol probably will be taken in the next uh, few days, if not even a day or two. I don't know. I, I'm not on the ground, <clears throat> yet. but yeah. um, basically, when so people also t- forestall in this question, this uh, oh my God, so 40 mile column, you know, of, of Russian. Uh, whatever the troops, you know, they all talk about. It's, yeah, it's staging area. It, these are main forces. They are there just in case NATO does a stupid thing, and then they will be deployed immediately, and, you know, so. But for oh, now...
0: Speaking of NATO doing stupid things, <laughs> what is your take on Victoria Newland, the mad cookie woman of Maidan, and her surprise that the Polish are offering their F, uh, their MiG-29s out of, uh, out of Ramstein Air Force Base? Well, surprise. <laughs> yeah, Poles Paul, are not stupid. <laughs> Vicky
1: Nuland thinks that she's smart, but polls have been around much longer than Vicky Nuland. Yeah, And Poles, Paul, for all their russophobic rhetoric, and many of them hate Russians, you know, sincerely. So it's understandable. We're not going to go into the history of this issue. And yeah, there are some... I mean, some legitimate uh, uh, grievances on Polish part, but there are also some legitimate grievances on Russian part too. You know, but point is, they understood that State Department wants uh, Poles to pr- provide their uh, uh, combat aircraft yeah. to Ukraine, but in such a way that combat aircraft will be located at the Polish air bases. <laughs> it will fly from <laughs> Polish air bases to fight those damn Ruskies. First, the point is that no matter how many aircraft they will, uh, you know, uh, offer, if it hap- if it would have have happened, it wouldn't matter anyway. They would all be shut down, shut down and destroyed. But that would open immediately the casus belly for Russia because one of the NATO countries becomes the part of the conflict, and Russia is very specific. And Putin, we're going to strike decision making centers, you know, and. So guess what? The next target would be Polish air, air, you know, airfields. And right. Russia, it's, it's very easy for Russia to do so. It's like, you know, no matter how many Patriots you put, they not they're not going to intercept.
0: They're a joke. Those they Patriots are useless.
1: And uh, so Poles figured that out. And so what they said, sure, we'll give them MiG-29s, but let them fly out of Rammstein. Now Germany... <laughs> Since with eyes, you know, <laughs> like sure, a Russian a range of Russian cruise missiles is huge. I mean, it can it flies to London easily, you know. Easily. So if Germany wants Ramstein being blown to smithereens, so yeah, sure. But obviously, even Pentagon now says that this is absolutely irresponsible, and you know we. So, but that's your state department. These are the people. It, run it, it,
0: it, it, it's lovely that the polls did this after the brilliant mind of Anthony Blinken yeah. opened his mouth on meet the press and says, all options are on the table. That's a possibility. No, there won't be any issues. Yeah. So,
1: um, yeah, they these are people who run foreign policy in the United States. And it is, a, there is no really foreign policy in the United States. No, there isn't. It's a bunch of the cliques vying for control of the foreign policy and basically it's a chaotic and knee-jerk uh unplanned reactions that's why it's so difficult to deal with them you know i mean they are literally like you know psychotic people and you you cannot trust them anything you write put in writing with the united states is not worth the paper it's written on because i mean it's just you know as they say they are masters of their word they give the word and they take it back when it's necessary you know? so that's uh, that's the whole thing and the only thing you can do in this particular case is to use you know the uh, good level gun at the temple mm-hmm. of the empire and just simply coerce it to peace yeah. but operation in uh, Ukraine is that's what it is and fact is again these are not even main Russia's forces Correct. This was a strategic uh, reconnaissance in force. That's what it was, and uh, even that, I mean, dramatically lower in numbers, force basically destroyed uh, uh, Ukrainian armed forces.
0: So, and it, the rest it, it, of- it's incredible. I mean, Andre, military historians are going to be writing about this for for decades. Yeah, it's incredible, incredible what they've done. And
1: since then, I mean, and what they left is just to do the spin, you know, oh yeah, they slowed down. No, yeah, that's the point, you know, to get the uh, the only resistance now is, you know, confined to cities where they can use their uh, 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 civilians as the human shell. They cannot move. They don't have any maneuver. There's no, like, Air Force. It's done. It's over. Oh,
0: there is an Air Force. It's the ghost of Kiev, that one man. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, so far, he's shot down 200 Russian aircraft already, Andre. Yeah, 200. I... I know the way uh vessel
1: <laughs> and ukraine uh, propaganda and washington propaganda <laughs> reports it uh, uh russian Air armed forces by now should be completely defeated and basically begging for uh you know surrender, surrender. And, yeah there's surrender. no nothing left there you know there's no tanks um you know aircraft there's nothing no, left the russians lost it all in ukraine <laughs> so yeah it's uh, i mean this is it, that's not even funny i mean it's funny but it's i mean are people that
0: stupid i mean they are that stupid yeah they are that stupid i, they're yeah. that stupid. I mean you have that idiot uh the closet homosexual lindsey graham oh god okay lindsey tickle my butt graham that's what we call yeah, him over uh, here in
1: yeah he wanted to kill putin and yes. uh, <laughs> even um when his uh bodies in gop and even democratic party say that dude you really went off the rails yes. that tells you uh, and yeah he's hysterical because i think so that uh so those people who have to uh the last vestige of any kind of american competence which is of course uh pentagon the military people at least part of the american military people have to live with the reality you know because they are the ones who will have to die if something goes really bananas you know right. so and they get to those uh closed briefings I don't think so those briefings are really rosy for those who attend them because yeah. if they say the real situation on the ground and yeah so and what you have yeah you have this PR battle alternative reality you know yeah ghost of Kiev or whatever the shooting down uh
0: they also have the shark 10,
1: of Kiev 57s you know oh. and uh, you know basically fooling all those S-400s and panzers you know and sure. yeah, it's just sure
0: we, we also have the, um, I don't know if you've seen this, but the, um, let me see if I can find it over here. Yes, the the, uh, the shark of Kiev. And I'll, I'll, I'll see if I, he is, uh, the, the, is a lone soldier from Ukraine, has single-handedly destroyed 15 Russian submarines on his own, armed with nothing but a knife and sheer will. He's known oh, I'm sure, as the shark yeah. of Kiev. <laughs> I'm sure there is one problem with this.
1: Obviously, it's now even Russians run it on TV news, major networks. You have these Chechen guys, Kadyrov guys, okay, Spetsnaz. And they are really frustrated because they say, you know what? Each time we get to those neo-Nazi battalions who promise to meet us and fight us to the death, we just cannot catch them because they run. And they're really frustrated to say, hey, just come on, go out, you know, like, Let's fight, man. You know, be a man, you
0: know. And, they don't they don't want none of that Chechen smoke. Yeah, no, they, they don't, don't want... want the Chechens.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Kadyrov also frustrated because he said, What the hell, man? I mean, where are those people who threatened, you know, Russians and us and all that. Let them go out and fight. Come on, we just right. do it like one on one if you want to, you know. No, right. no luck, you know. Just for some reason, they um, they see Russian SSO, you know, forces of special operations. Be yeah. them chasing Russians or whoever they. So they just run, you know. So yeah. yeah, it it is. Well, that's what it is, you know. They are primarily now in the cities. So we'll see what's going to happen with Odessa and Nikolai. If I don't know. Uh, I, I have no. Or firm data, and I'm not the guy who sits and just basically speculates. I prefer to work on the facts. Yeah. And uh, I certainly can speculate, but uh, I would be doing a very big uh, disservice to people who read me, and uh, you know, killing my reputation, which is hardly earned. You know, you know, uh, uh, earned with the hard uh, work. That it will say, oh, yeah, you know what? It's going to happen this way in the next. Listen, it's not what I do. It's the given the framework, you know, yeah. given the tools for people to understand and to make their own conclusions and trying to explain those, some of the com- very complex operational and tactical issues in right. the most. More- you know, uh, simple layman lingo to tell them, ah, okay, you see what is happening? These are the forces which are in the world. This is what actually happens on this and that, tactical, operational, strategic level. And make your own conclusion. But yes, here's my guidance. Hey, and, you know, so there you go.
0: Very well said. Uh, folks, Andre's Patreon link is in the bottom. Make sure you go there, join, sign up, support his work. I read Andre Martinov. If I'm reading Andre Martinov, you need to read Andre Martinov. Andre, we have about like maybe two minutes left. Anything else you'd want to say? Because this is going to be the first part. I'm going to have you back on. This is this is oh like, sure going to have sure. I'm fun with this. Yeah, I'm uh, always ready. You know, I
1: have other people also now wanting me to talk to them. So, but yeah, yeah I would love to talk to you again. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a wonderful format. You know, and this is new for me in in the United States. Mostly, I do the interviews. I had the interview with bonnie faulkner uh, recently so uh, it should be up probably today tomorrow so i would love to do it you know and people need to know a little bit the framework again i'm not pretending to know all facts but so far so good i've been at it for last eight years evidently i did well
0: you, know? <laughs> you did well i mean who would have thought andre you you immigrated here you started yeah, working in and now here you are, a, a Listen, key yeah. geopolitical commentator, amazing!
1: Yeah, and you know what? We we love this country, you know. For me, it's for us, it's now yes. our best interest because it's our country, and seeing right. it to be humiliated and being destroyed this way by and idiots, absolutely driven into the ground, is absolutely painful, you know. It so, it's in the end, just from the not only emotional point of view, which there is, you know. I'm, for example, uh, I am a Pacific Northwest guy. I think so in my previous life I lived here, you know, I don't know. So I'm madly in love with my, you know, mountains and ocean and Montana, Idaho, and you know, so and Washington. So it's my land, you know, so I kind of live here. And there was so much which we love about the United States and seeing how this is being deliberately destroyed or sometimes even just destroyed by the out of pure stupidity and malice is absolutely disastrous and uh, you know uh, very uh, you know i'm heartbroken about
0: that you know but
1: you need to give people their you know their perspective and hey my russian soviet rather professional military background and you know education came in handy and there you go now i'm full-time what i'm doing you
0: know there you go it's perfect folks Get his latest book. Start with losing military supremacy. Get the real revolution in military affairs. And you have to get disintegration. That is a book I pre ordered. And as soon as I got delivered from Amazon, I started ripping through it. It's, it's an amazing book. Indicators for the coming American collapse. It's prophetic. This man came here. He had no idea. Could you, would you imagine, like, you know, 30 years ago when you showed up here, that you no. would be doing this? Now be a main commentator on what's going on. It's amazing. No, I yeah It's a kind of big
1: cultural change for me. You know, I was we just wanted to live our American dream You know, just I worked, you know, my wife works and you know, so and and then this and uh, oh my gosh And as the Chinese say, you know God forbids you from living in the interesting times and my God will live in interesting times
0: it's uh, unbelievable there are, there are decades where nothing happens, and yeah, where decades happen, my friend. We're living it bigger than the Soviet Union collapse, really. Actually, Absolutely. what is happening right now? Well, my hope is uh, look, I think, um, I hope that, that we are able to win this country back. And when we win this country back, there has to be a lot of changes. We got to purge Washington, D.C., term limits, age limits. Uh, we need to embrace the multipolar world, we need to embrace the One Belt, One Road initiative. I think, I think we need to become a great nation among great nations. I think if, uh, America, if America could get, a, could get a, there's there's three countries that America needs to get along with, and if these, if these four countries could get along great, we'll have a 1,000 years of peace. United States, Russia, China, India. Those I four agree. countries, if they are strategically aligned, we will have 1,000 years of peace and prosperity on this earth, my friend. I guarantee I it. Agree. I believe I it. I entirely agree. Absolutely. Andre Martinov. The man, the myth, the legend himself, folks. Go out there and get his book. Sign up to his Patreon. I'm a patron there at the Patreon. I read Andre Martinov in the morning. I look forward to his updates on YouTube, the Andre, the Smoothie X12 uh, YouTube channel. Also, you could uh, look it up over there, and his blog post. All of that is listed in the description box. Make sure you go there and check it out. Thank you all for so much for listening in. This is V the Gorilla Economist. He is Andrei Martinov. And we are out.